fans to another episode of seattle's east side seattle's real estate podcast remember we changed it last time i'm dan edwards managing broker with the seattle real estate team and i am here to provide you with the inside scoop to living working and playing across the greater seattle area including the east side it's wednesday january 17 2024 and we're coming to you live on facebook youtube and now instagram i see my monitor over here it shows me live on instagram i don't know what the experience is like feel free to uh, smash the like bell button. I think you can comment too, and I might be able to see your comments. Um, we've got a pretty good show today. Pretty good. We've got an amazing show. It's probably the best Seattle real estate podcast you will ever see. I promise you it's going to be great content. And we are talking about first time home buyers in 2024. It's crazy. It may seem unobtainable to people out there. And I got to tell you, it's not. We've been helping people out. And uh, what I'm going to do first, though, is welcome in our good friend, Tucker Maxwell. Tucker, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Dan. How's it going? Good. How was your uh, last couple of weeks? We haven't talked in a couple of weeks. Uh, Anything fun? Have you been skiing, taking part of this, this weather? I have not yet, but I'm itching to go. I'm so happy that the mountains are getting some snow. Yeah, because they were pretty pretty bad. I know a lot of people over New Year's were like at Whistler and uh, Whitefish, Montana, and they're sending pictures of like nothing. Right. <laughs> it did not look fun. Um, you know, you spend all that time and money to go up there. And so, yeah, we're getting dumped on. This should be really good. Um, all right. Well, let's jump into just to give us a general overview. What are you seeing in the markets today? Interest rates, um, mortgage applications, that kind of thing. It just gives yep. a um mortgage applications are up so the the buyer demand definitely has picked up i think the the eight weeks that ended 2023 let people know that rates are going to come down and we saw proof of that um they've sort of started to kind of go sideways or up a little bit to be completely frank this week um just with the markets not reacting real well to inflation data um cpi and ppi looked really good and then the december spending report just wasn't in line with what people had thought. Um, and so it's, it started to tick up again, which I think is a good thing in our market for buyers. Um, it's going to keep seller credits and, you know, a more uh, reasonable increase in prices in our market uh, on top of our very low inventory. So um, things are going good. It's definitely much busier January 2024 than it was in January of 2023. Okay. Um, and so when you are seeing the process right now, as far as getting people pre-approved, how long is that taking uh, from a standpoint of uh, like being able to make an offer? Like if they were to talk to you today, how long would it take? You know, it really, it really depends on them. Um, once we have a full application and they're supporting documents, we can do it in real time, uh, usually within 24 hours. Um, the great thing about the Seattle area is we have a lot of large employers, Boeing, Starbucks, Microsoft, Salesforce, right? You, these big, well-known brands, 
they don't want to answer verifications of employment requests from us. So they automate all of that. So when an applicant comes to us today, we can almost in real time verify employment, verify assets through technology and issue the pre-approval almost same day. Wow, that's pretty and good. And have certainty of it. And, and have some certainty. Like it's a, it's yeah. a, um, and again, we've talked about this on the podcast before, the difference between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval. A lot of times a pre-qualification is answering some questions. Pre-approval is verifying those numbers with documents. Exactly. That's yeah. the simplification of it. So, um, so providing uh, essentially a lot of people, especially right now, like they don't have their taxes done. So how do you handle that? Because they always want two years of tax returns. Yeah, so it, it depends on the situation. If they're self-employed, what we'll do is we'll take a look at 2022 and tw or the 2021 and 2022 to try to get a feel for what's coming in February. We're guessing February 15th will be the tax date that they start accepting filings. Um, but what we do is we say, hey, send us the proposed filing and let's take a look at it and let's tell you what you qualify for once you do file that. And it gives them an opportunity to make some adjustments to it if they you know, either a qualify no problem for their property and add want to add in some deductions or vice versa, that writing off too many deductions and they don't qualify. We have an opportunity to catch that before they file, before the IRS looks at it, and then it requires an amendment, which as lenders, we don't love those amendments. So that's kind of the big thing. But for W-2 employees, we're going off of their pay stubs. So we'll grab their final pay stub from 2023 to anticipate what's going to be on their W-2. And usually that tax filing, unless they have side business or rental properties or something like that, where we're trying to gather in income information from, the tax filing might not be important. Okay. So W-2s employees is a little bit more, um, a little easier. I hate saying that, but it's a little easier than a 1099 because 1099, you're running a business. You're therefore, you've got deductions. They want to see that business history. So they also want to kind of see that it's still continuing. Um, whereas W-2, it's kind of a given with the verification of employment. They're still kind of good. Exactly. All right, cool. So um, so that brings me to today's topic. And um, I, I don't know. Let's, you know what? Just because it's cool, let's, let's do our real talk bumper here. Hold on one second. God, that is so loud in here. I don't know if it's loud on the internet or whatever, but it's, it's like so loud. Um, but um, I, the reason why I wanted to do that is we, we probably should get a bumper for the mortgage moment. That'd be kind of cool, like a little money. Totally. Like everybody probably does the money song by, um, you know, Pink Floyd, but maybe you can pick your own theme song. We'll create a bumper for your uh, mortgage moment. All right, let's talk about first time home buyers. Um, I had this uh, great question today, a newer agent, just kind of asking about that whole first time home buyer experience. And so I've been selling real estate for a while. I've been a homeowner for over 25 years. And so I'm kind of going to go on the Wayback Machine and people are going to say, oh, that's a, that's the old people. It's not like that now. And, and that's fine. But he, I, I'm going to tell the story about the one that got away. And then I'm going to tell my story um, because I think that, that the, the reason why this story is powerful is because it shows the history of homeownership. Not just, you know, hey, buy it, buy a home because I'm a real estate agent. I want to show you a home. So the first thing I want to talk about is um, I lived on 85th and um, 85th and Roosevelt um, in Seattle uh, with a couple other friends at the time. We spent, I want to say, three or four years there, four of us in a house. We paid two thirty seven fifty a month rent there. OK, so that's like you can't even buy a loaf of bread for that anymore. <laughs> um, 
And it was a great living environment, not a great house. It would flood in the wintertime, you know, with the rains. And so we had like scaffolding uh, catwalks downstairs, you know, um, and but we had some great fun, too. We had some great parties um, in, in that house. And as I was as we're getting to the spot, I met my wife. We were engaged. Um, there was a conversation of maybe buying that house. And then the landlord actually lived next door. And we had talked and, and I kind of got a price from him and he said two hundred twenty thousand. And that was kind of towards the top of my budget. And I was like, oh, man. And, um, you know, we decided that's not the right place to start our our marriage is with three other guys in a, in a house that had been like basically like a fraternity house. So we decided um, we decided the wife decided the better thing to do was to look for a house elsewhere. So we started our search in Shoreline because that's where our budget was taking us. Um, and we didn't look at any great houses in Shoreline. So we knew we had to change the location. So we kept going north and we found newer construction in Linwood at the time. And I think the, we ended up paying 230 for a, a four bedroom multi-level home there. Um, we spent just under two years and sold it for 250. So we didn't actually make a whole lot of money when we sold that home. Um, but we found an opportunity with some friends and neighbors in Sammamish and, um, and, before I go on to the sec the move up home and all that stuff, I just want to kind of go back to what it felt like um, buying a home for the first time when I was paying two thirty seven fifty a month rent to go to I want to say seventeen hundred a month is what it what it penned out to be because we got a super low rate of seven percent. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was awesome. Today. Yeah, yeah, it's like today, right? So, um, so yeah, we were paying uh, seventeen hundred and. The thing about that is I had kind of uh, thought about homeownership uh, for a while before we made that purchase. And what I started to do is started to just take $1,700 and put it in the savings account. And I just put it in the savings account, put it in the savings account, put it in the savings account. I didn't put it into investing in Microsoft, although that would have been pretty brilliant back then. Or, uh, you know, Tesla. I don't even think they were public yet, but, um, you know, just to date myself. But but I just put it in the bank and I made that that mortgage payment like I was making that mortgage payment. And it got me used to under, you know, feeling what it felt would feel like for when it was time to actually make that purchase. Um, now, I had only saved up about six thousand dollars. That was all I had saved up at the time. And it worked out. We did three and a half percent down or something like that. And um, we got a down payment assistance at the time. And that, then I'm going to fast forward to selling it, making a profit and rolling that profit into the house that I raised my family in in Sammamish. So we're going to talk about at a later time, the whole move up process and how that worked for us and how how we can help people work through there. But what I also want to do is I want to hear your story, Tucker. So from a standpoint of when you decided it was time, what was your motivating factor for deciding to buy? Yeah, it was kind of similar to yours my wife and i or you know girlfriend at the time who's now my wife uh we had been renting for for several years and we had decided that apartment living wasn't for us anymore and we were tired of shared walls and so we were going to move up and by move up i meant we were going to rent a single family home that was our move um and fortunately for me my wife was in mortgages um and so we're seeing the the return on investment people are telling us don't wait don't wait don't wait prices are going to go up and so for us we uh, like you started to save and we said, how much money can we put away each month? Can we take on what it means to be a homeowner? And this is 2015 roughly time period. And so we're paying $2,400 a month for a single family home to rent. 
And being that she was in mortgage, we ran the numbers and we said we could roughly afford, we set a budget of 350 um, for roughly the same amount we were renting. And we just said, if it's the same amount and we have three or four years of on-time payments and we feel comfortable, we're contributing to 401k, we're doing all the things, why not put that in our pocket versus our landlord? So it was when the lease expired and the landlord showed up and he's wanted to increase the rents by $200 a month. That was the triggering point. And we said, really for the same home? No, because we can get it. So, so at that point it was either sign a new lease or buy a home. And um, okay. So then when it came down to that decision, how did you go about um, researching where you wanted to live? So we, we were looking at where we worked. Um, and we were, again, no family, you know, pretty flexible on where we wanted to be at the time. Becca was working in Tacoma and I was working in Redmond, which as your viewers know, that's not convenient, right? Not 45, 50 minutes from, from one another. So um, I took a look at the map and said, I think Renton is in the middle. Um, let's start there. And that would be the best commute for both of us versus buying in Redmond and then her commuting all the way to Tacoma or us buying in Tacoma and commuting all the way to Redmond. Um, and so that's how we did it. We just drew, drew on a map. Here's one person's work. Here's the other person's work. Where can we find it in the middle? So of course we looked at Kirkland Bellevue, right? We wanted to be in the cool areas. We wanted to be on the lake and just like you, our budget started to push us in directions. We were looking at, one bedroom condos without garages in Kirkland at the time. Um, we talked about skiing, mountain biking on your podcast before. I have a lot of toys and I was like, that doesn't make sense. We have two cars, we have toys. We got to have somewhere to store the stuff, especially if we're getting a 700, 700 square foot condo, it's not gonna have enough room. So we let our budget say, okay, we want a single family home that is approximately this size with a two car garage. And then we worked with our agent to say, okay, where can we find what we're looking for at our price? And there you go. And that's where it came out. So um, I want to show uh, some some numbers here. I've got a calculator that I brought up for rent versus buy, because every time I do this exercise, I pretty much um, just I get I kind of get excited. I do yeah. because I know that we can help people. So you said you were spending how much in rent? Twenty four hundred. Twenty four hundred on rent a month. OK. And that was getting you what for twenty four hundred a month? Um, it was a split level kind of row townhome. Where was um, it at? It was off of Sunset in Renton. Okay. So you're in Renton. Okay. For, um, for renter's insurance, you're going to probably pay about 400 bucks a year. Yep. Um, now, what was the purchase price of the house that you ended up buying? Uh, 380. Okay. 380. Now, um, obviously at, at those rates, what was your, what was your, um, let me see, does it ask for an interest rate? I don't think it does. It was um, how much? eight seven five was the rate we got. Eight how what, how much? Five point eight seven five. Five point eight seven five. I don't think this calculator does uh, a interest rate because it should. Let me think. Purchase price down payment. So how much was your down payment? So we were utilizing a first time home buyer program with three percent down. Okay. Um, because we were initially looking at 350 and the reason for that is we were trying to target a payment under $2000 a month. That's what we really wanted. That was the goal. And because this home was 380, we ended up I ended up tapping into 401k to increase my down payment a little bit to get my payment down. 
Okay, so, so you put like four together. and a half percent or something was the what it actually came down. You to. guys still live in this house, by the way. We do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, and how many years have you been in the house? Since 2016, so eight years. Eight years. Okay, so let's evaluate this for eight years, and then um, I'm going to say annual um, appreciation um, based on. Let me see. Where's my? This is evaluation period savings rate. Uh, 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 you know, maintenance. About how much a year are you putting into um, maintenance on the house? Mm, probably two to five thousand on average. We've had some bigger years and we've had some lower years, right? We've uh, replaced cedar siding, which was a pretty big bill one year. Um, painted one year, but outside of that, not too bad on the other. Years. You said you were five point eight seven five, and then how many origination points did you pay? At that time, I don't. I think it was par. I don't think we bought down the rate. You didn't buy down the rate, but you said you used some of that for to increase the down payment. Oh, I see. So I put down ten thousand dollar down payment. Yeah. Okay. And what would you? I mean, I I know what it is in my head. Um, uh, appreciation rate since twenty sixteen to now. I mean, it, annually it's going to be plus seven, probably yes. plus seven. That's that's conservative. I'm just going to put five. Okay. Because I I don't want to, I don't like to, you know, just over sensationalize it. Um, Okay. Let's see if I can now. And our neighbors just sold. So I can tell you what that traded for after you do this calculation. Because I bet it's more than what that calculation. We got that. So here is our net cost. And I'm going to go to, I think I've got everything here, but let's just take a look at this. So um, let's see, I'm going to make this bigger. If I can, uh, where, 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 where? Oh, zoom. Okay, there we go. So essentially, the the total cost of renting for eight years two hundred and fifty one thousand at that twenty seven hundred a month, right? Yeah, which is what you're paying. Um, the cost of ownership for eight years. There's the ten thousand dollar down payment. I could have put about six thousand in closing cost ish. I don't know. Yep. Uh, mortgage payments, a uh, loan payoff at the sale. So when you sell this property and I put an eight year, like you were to sell it now, um, it says that it's valued at 561. I guarantee it's more than that right now. I, I guarantee yeah. But this was that straight line appreciation at 5%. Yep. So um, you got to pay your cost of sale. Net cost of buying was uh, 45. So buying will appro- save you approximately $205,000 yep. in just eight years. And that is an underestimation. So, um, you know, most people live in their house from seven to 10 years. Um, I think that the 10 year mark is kind of where we're stuck at. So, um, you know, I mean, in my, in, you know, this was off the cuff. I didn't prepare, you know, Tucker with any of these numbers. And I, I think the importance is to understand that the, the process of getting started is probably the most stressful. And everybody that knows that has owned a home knows that by taking that leap, taking that step, even with down payment assistance, right? Um, um, I can uh, tell a story about a gentleman who I helped him buy his first house for 300000 here in Everett. He sold that house two years later, bought a home in Richland, um, sold that house three years after that, and bought a house in, I think he's down in Puyallup now. And every step, and my my own story, every step there was a a gain opportunity, and it was for different reasons. 
So this, the moral of this story is if you are looking at this market and you see what's everybody's saying, high interest rates, high prices, it may be true. And that's if you're looking at a turnkey home. But if there's an opportunity for you to have a two bedroom condo or a, uh, or a three by one home that isn't perfect, think of it not necessarily as this house isn't my perfect house. You have now you own it. You can paint it. You can do that. You can upgrade it at sweat equity. And in two years, you can make that step forward. And I think sometimes we are also set on having exactly what we want right away that we miss the opportunity that was gained that I spent two years in a house in Linwood and stepped into the house of our next 20 years. And um, just like my other friend who you know moved to Everett and then moved to Richland and then all that every step of the way, he didn't lose money. He just gained equity every step of the way. Anything else to add? I'll give you the last word. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. One is Washington State down payment assistance is phenomenal. They give you your full down payment and part of your closing costs. So almost cover the full build for you to buy a home. Those funds come from the commission at 0% interest. So going back to your numbers, how about that? We're not only going to cover your down payment, but we're going to do so with no interest. So I just had a, a transaction that closed in December. Um, this family was saving up to be able to, you know, afford closing costs. We were going to use the down payment assistance. Uh, unfortunately for them, they were in a car accident. Their car was totaled. They got a $6,000 check, which turned out to be a very blessing because we were, we were struggling to save money. We weren't getting there. We weren't really going. We were able to take that $6,000, use it as earnest money. The agent did a great job, got seller credits. We got a little bit more back at inspection they got all but $187 of that $6,000 of earnest money refunded to them at closing because wow. everything else was paid either through down payment assistance or through the seller credits. So this is in Covington, almost a $500,000 home. Their out of pocket to get into the home was about $200 and an inspection fee. Wow. And an inspection. So it's possible in this market right here in the greater Seattle area at today's rate. So that's what I'll tell you is those opportunities are there. As the market heats up, as rates come down, seller credits, these things might not be available. So now is a, a good opportunity for first-time home buyers to get in before it heats back up. And then the last thing I'll mention is I get asked every single day about timing the market. And what I always remind people is it has nothing to do with timing the market. It has to do with time in the market. So don't worry about when you're going to buy. Just buy when the, it's the right opportunity for you and you feel it's the right thing to do for your family and your situation. And to your point, it almost always will appreciate and prove to be a good investment as long as you hold on to it for three to five years. Yeah, that's great. Tucker, thank you so much for uh, the great conversation. Um, next week, we're going to talk about the move ups and how we can do that. So um, send us your questions, like, subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Seattle Real Estate Podcast. I think I'm going to do an outro here. Let me see if I can find the intro and I'll just call it an outro. No, I think I have an outro. I do. Uh, but there's no music. Oh, can I find music? Can I? Oh, here we go. Here's some music. A beatbox. I don't know. It's it's really weird. No, that's dumb. How about this one? That gets me pumped up to buy. Yeah. There we go. There's your outro. Da -da 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 -da.